Get your business together. Get yourself into what you do and see it through. Because being boss is hard. Blending work and life is messy. Making a dream job of your own isn't easy. But getting paid for it, becoming known for it, and finding purpose in it is so doable if you do the work. Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs from Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Welcome to episode number 17 with our special guest, Kendrick Shope, who is actually Emily's sales coach. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Hi, Kendrick. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled. Emily, tell us about, tell us who Kendrick is. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to let her tell us. No, I will tell. So Kendrick, Kendrick is a sales boss <laughs> who works with creative entrepreneurs to give them tools, knowledge, and support that they need to uplevel their sales abilities so they can sell more, make more money, and do more of what they love. Um, I first found Kendrick over a year ago, at which point I signed up for her sales school, which is a group coaching program, and it gave me so much that I needed, Um, and I was able to turn my usual one-off website projects into really dreamy engagements where I would get to work with clients uh, long-term, and the trick was, for me, up-leveling what I was asking and pricing, and Kendrick helped me turn my usual $8,000 projects um, into um, an ability to confidently sell multiple $24,000 projects. So she really assisted me in helping, helping me wrap my head around how to package my products, but also sell them in a way that would support me, which was a really nice thing to do. Um, so I, can I jump yeah. in and say, I remember Emily, when yeah. you went from that big leap and you were like, I'm going to sell indie boom for $24,000. <laughs> and I was like, wait, <laughs> hold the phone yes. because you just seem so confident. And now I know like Kendrick, yeah was behind you saying like, yes, woman, you are worth $24,000. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was huge, absolutely huge for me. So, so I went through sales school and Indie Boom came out of sales school. And then I decided to work with Kendrick one-on-one and um, she's been instrumental in helping me set up my sales process um, so that I can seriously streamline my client onboarding so that um, I'm working smarter, not harder, to sell to the dreamy clients that I'm already attracting. Um, so whenever Kathleen and I started building our list of people that we wanted to interview for the podcast, Kendrick, you were one of the first names that went on that list because I know you have so much knowledge that would really, really be great for our listeners because um, lots of people have been asking about sales and um, and pricing and getting their stuff out there um, because they have really great products and services. They just don't know what to do with them after they have them. So yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about some of that stuff today. But first, I want to hear about your entrepreneurial journey. So how did you get to where you are now? It's such a funny question. I mean, seriously, like it sounds so like entrepreneurial, rural journey. And you know, it sounds like, oh yeah, it was always planned right right from the get-go, but it wasn't. But before I do that, I have to say, best introduction ever. Oh, like you should always have a client introduce you because I'm like tearing up over here thinking, I remember that. I remember when you did that. It's so awesome. So thank you for all those wonderful things that you said. Very welcome. So my journey. My journey is probably not unlike 
everybody else's listening, watching, I sort of stumbled into this. I graduated from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville with a psychology degree. And it was kind of like, oh, now what? <laughs> and so I got, um, I started working for a Fortune 500 company selling lumber. And your audience probably doesn't know me, but if you can just picture like extremely Southern, Valentino shoes, walking around dirty, filthy lumber yards, then you've got an idea of, <laughs> yeah, talking about nails. Is that like, like Aaron Brockovich? Yeah, nails, plywood. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> And then I transit. It was great, though. I learned so much. But then eventually I transitioned into pharmaceutical selling and worked for two Fortune 500 companies. And so I, I sold in a different way. Uh, and I, I, I didn't know that. But one of my managers said to me, if I could bottle what you have intrinsically, I would be a millionaire. And I thought, forget that. I have no clue what you're talking about, but I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to bottle it. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, but we're, I'm going to st start paying attention. And that was kind of a running joke, but really the, the truth about how I got here is one night, several years later, I was rocking our two-year-old daughter to sleep, and the magic words in our house are believe, and I tell her she can be anything she wants to be when she grows up. All she has to do is believe, and of course, she can't understand me at two, but like a ton of bricks, I realized one day she is going to be able to understand this, and one day she's going to say you know what I call BS on that mommy because BS and mommy in the same sense, <laughs> because you didn't do it. You're working, you know, a job that's okay, that you're really good at making a decent amount of money, but where's your dream? And so literally, I mean, it was this dramatic. I put Hallianna, that's her name, in her crib, go bursting into our bedroom. We had double doors. We were in Chicago and I said to my husband, I am living a lie. And he did not flinch. Like, that's how used to my drama he was. He's like, hey, look up. And I was like, no, seriously, I am. I'm living a lie. I tell Hallianna she can be anything she wants to be. And one day she's going to wake up and say, you know what? That's not true. And so I just went on this mission to figure it out. And so through lots and lots and lots of life coaching and work and uh, working with all the best business coaches on the planet, Authentic selling was created. That's the very long answer, but that's the truth. No, I love that. So many of us fall into it. And that's what's, that's what's so funny. A lot of our listeners are like, you know, how do we get started? How do we do it? How do we make the jump? And like, it really usually just is moments like that where you decide like, whatever it is that you have been doing, you're not doing it anymore. You're going to do something different. Um, yeah. And so I love that you had a moment, <laughs> like literally yeah. the moment that it happened. Good. Yeah. 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 Can you tell us a little bit about authentic selling now? Sure. Like, what do you offer now? Yeah. So Emily described it great. Like, I'm going to go back and actually write that down. It's probably going to end up in my, <laughs> my latest bio. But authentic, <laughs> authentic selling is basically the process that takes the ick out of selling. It allows people mm. who creative entrepreneurs, like your audience, to communicate their brilliance, what they love to do, how they can help people, how they can change people's lives, business, websites, health, weight, whatever area they coach around or offer services or products around, it allows them to do it in a way that is push-free. And so it's the process that takes the, the ick factor out of selling, that allows you to sell in a way that is authentic to you. And the good news is the way Emily sells is going to be different than the way I sell. And the way your listener sells is going to be different than the way, you know, we all sell. And so authentic selling makes room for everybody. It makes room for people who perhaps are a little bit more 
uh, I don't want to use the word pushy, but lean towards being a bit more aggressive. And it also makes room for people who are very timid around selling. You can Mm -hmm. have results either way. You just have to know what to do. I love that. At Braid Creative, we have this mantra called be a farmer, not a hunter. And it just like, it's the way that we sell. We sell by, we imagine that we're farming and that we're planting seeds and we're nurturing them and we're letting them grow. But sometimes I like to hunt a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, so, there's nothing wrong with hunting, you know? Right. Well, and, you know, um, on our Facebook group, sometimes on Fridays, I'm like, let's do a Friday hustle. And so one Friday, I was like, what can you do to make $100 today? Yeah. And that kind of feels like hunting a little bit, but in a fun in a fun way. Yeah. So anyway, but back to you, Kendra. <laughs> I'm curious to hear more. Well, I think that I think that you bring up a great point because it doesn't have to – I love farming. I, love, I talk about nurturing all the time. Mm-hmm. Wait, let me back up. I do not love farming. <laughs> I love the idea of farming and planting seeds and nurturing that as it relates to clients. However, I think it's okay to hunt. I think it's also okay to be so excited about what you have to offer, to know that it changes somebody's life, business, health, whatever, that you are screaming from the rooftops, I can help you. You know, the actual definition of selling, like if you Google selling right now, you're going to see the exchange of money for a product or service. That's it. There's nothing icky, sleazy, slimy, pushy about that. So all of our negative feelings about selling come from our own gross experiences that we've had with gross salespeople. It doesn't mean we have to be a gross salesperson, right? So it's about doing business in a different way. And and I tell my people all the time, if you had the cure for cancer and you knew that there were no side effects and it doesn't matter if you're like, you know, a, a pharmaceutical person or you're an uber green person, I don't care. Throw all that out the window. You have the cure for cancer and it cures cancer and that's all that matters. Would you just keep it or would you jump up and down from the rooftops and say, I can help you. I have the cure for cancer. Of course you would jump up and down from the rooftops. Your products and services are no different. If you're not jumping up and down hunting, telling people about them, nobody else is going to. I mean, right. Well, and not only that, but you're doing your clients a disservice by not telling them how to hire you. Shame on you. If you can improve somebody's life, business, health, weight, whatever. If you can help somebody wake up and have more whatever the next day and you don't share it, shame on you. I want people to tell me all the stuff that I need to buy because I'm all about like, yes, tell me how to make it better. I want to know. I love that. I I love that. Kendrick has like, has like a dose of tough love in her too. And I have to admire the hell out of that. (laughs) I do. I do. Laura Bell Gray. I don't, um, she is is a copywriter. She's worked for everybody under the sun, Disney. It doesn't matter. Anyway, she said to me one time, you know what? you really just sort of sneak up on people. And I said, I have no clue what that means because I'm loud. So I'm thinking, I don't sneak up on anybody. And she said, you come across sweet as pie, but then you get to know you and girl, you are tough as nails. And that's kind of true, I think. I think mm-hmm. the accent puts, puts people off a little bit. And I think, oh, she's so sweet. And my husband's like, yeah, y'all just wait. Yeah. <laughs> y'all just wait till you get that directness. But I am, I'm direct. I'm very direct. I love that. Well, <clears throat> I want to ask, I want to ask a few questions like based on some feedback that we've gotten in our Facebook group and questions that we've been asked, because I know that you more than anyone I know can help with like some creative entrepreneur sales problems, like sure. more than anyone ever. <laughs> so All right, let's do it. Sure. So first I want to go, what is the number one issue that you have found, um, in creatives, um, 
and their ability to sell and what is a solution for it? So there are a couple. The number one issue we touched on, so I'll, 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 give, you, I'll give you number two. Perfect. The number one issue are, is people's thoughts and feelings about selling. If you feel icky, sleazy, slimy, gross, whatever, if you feel that way about communicating the value that your products and services deliver, you're not going to sell anybody. You're not sold on your product. The most important sale you're ever going to make is to yourself. And so you have to be sold on your product and you have to feel good about how you're communicating the difference that your product makes. That's step number one. And that is the most common. It's why authentic selling exists because so many people don't know how to do that. The, the next common mistake I see people make is they have an if you build it, they will come mentality. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> and it's just not true. It's just not true. Like, and I also think that people believe that because a lot of creative entrepreneurs, not all, but a lot of creative entrepreneurs are behind a computer screen, that there doesn't have to be this actual engagement. But I am telling you that when you add in the actual engagement, your business skyrockets. People want to feel connected. People want to feel like they matter. And so when you add in engagement on various levels, it can be through email. It can be through how you communicate, you know, live with people or over voice or the word or whatever. It doesn't matter. But when you add that engagement factor into your sales process, it makes a huge difference. Just the way you talk to people, just the way you have sales conversations. Huge mistake. The majority of people don't know how to do it. And so they don't get as many clients and they don't make as much money as they possibly could. So if you can get a little more specific, like what exactly, like what would you say people, how are people typically responding that doesn't close a deal versus what, what are some few things that they can shift yeah. to be a more authentic seller? I want you to imagine that you're on the phone with somebody and you're the potential buyer, okay? And typically speaking, there is neuro research to show that if you are the potential buyer, you are afraid of being sold. Like your amygdala, amygdala highlights in your brain. I'm a sales nerd. And so all this stuff <laughs> happens. So they'll go into a little bit of fight or flight. That is calmed when we, as the provider of a service, or the person selling a product, get the potential customer to talk about themselves. I don't know why people think I don't want to talk about myself, but it works. So research shows that if you get people talking about themselves, that that amygdala calms down and they go a little bit out of that, the assumption is they go out of fight or flight. And so the way to start a sales conversation is to get people talking about themselves. Now, the way a lot of sales experts teach that is to jump straight to the pain point, right? Like, tell me what's wrong with your business? What's wrong with your website? Why? But you can do that in a way that is so much more authentic. Like, I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Thank you so much for getting on the phone with me. I realize people are short on two things. They'll tell you they're short on money and they'll tell you they're short on time and time they can't make more of. So even though this is a, you know, a, a conversation to talk about how I can help your business, I just want to stop and say, I value your time. Tell me, why, why did you reach out? Tell me a little bit about your business and what's going on in your business that isn't sitting quite right. What, why did you reach out to me? Rather than just jumping on the pain point. I think the, the other thing here is, so when you set the expectation, let me back up. When you set the expectation with a very genuine thank you, like I realize that you, it doesn't have to be these exact words, but people are short on time. 
You know, I'm not jumping straight into the sales process. It's, that sounds so minor. It makes a huge difference in the way people sell, in the way that your potential buyer views you. The other thing to do is to write down your customer's words. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that I, I say to a, a potential client, tell me a little bit about your business. Like, tell me, you know, I have people fill out an intake form. So I would say, I read your intake form, but I need to know a little bit. I want, it helps me to hear you articulate it. So tell me, tell me, tell me about, you know, selling and your, your concerns about selling. And then I will write down their exact words. So people may say, my, I'm not making any money. Or people may say, I've launched this product five times and I've spent $100,000 trying to launch it and I've gotten two sales. So what I, you're going to mirror their words back, so it's typical selling. But what a lot of people do is they say, okay, I understand that you're not selling as much as you want to. No, that is not what the customer said. The customer said, I'm not making as much money. I've launched this product five times and I had two sales. Now, this sounds so simple. But what happens is your customer's not, potential customer's not keeping track of their words. So when you say exactly what they said right back to them, it's like you're in their head. It is like you read their diary. And you're also checking for impact. So not in a sleazy way, but this is what I understood you to say. Is this right? Whatever that is, the next thing you want to do, and nobody teaches this, is to thank somebody for sharing. A lot of people want to jump right into the sales process, right? They want to leap. Oh, you've spent $100,000 and you've only had two sales. Authentic selling can help. Authentic selling can help. And that's okay. But you're not going to get a lot of business that way. It's going to feel pushy. Somebody's just shared a problem with you, a pain point with you. Thank them for sharing. Use a little good old Southern uh, manners and say, you know what? Thanks so much for sharing that with me. And then the next words out of your mouth, and I do care what these, these need to be. These need to be the exact words, or I understand. There is all kinds of sales research to show that when someone expresses either an objection or a problem, you want to use the words, I understand. I understand what it feels like to launch a product five times, spend $100,000, and only make two sales. It feels awful. I understand. Now you can sell. Now you've had some empathy. Now they're on your side. That's the exact reason I created Authentic Selling, to take you from flopping around with five launches, spending $100,000, only getting two sales, to having your next launch go much better, to having your next launch have 500 people, whatever you can promise. I'm making this up, right? So I would never say 500 people because I wouldn't know if they even had 500 people on their list. But you get what I'm saying. That's the exact thing. It's okay. We're always exaggerating okay, numbers great, here great. In, yeah. on being boss. Uh, we exaggerate everything around yeah. here. So that's the exact reason you created your product or service, if it indeed is. Now, what you've done here is you've instituted one of the foundations of authentic selling without even knowing it. Because all things being equal... Friends buy from friends. All things being unequal, friends buy from friends. So what that means, even if they're a total stranger, you have taken the time to get to know them, thanked them for their time. You did not leap straight into selling. You thanked them again for sharing their issue. You took the time to have some empathy. You understood. And then you've got the solution. So it's not just like, yep, I see that all the time. Yep, if you don't get that fixed, that business is going to go broke. <laughs> Gag me with a spoon. I mean, let's pull out an 80s card here. So 
Specifically, what can you do? That was the question. This is a long answer to a question. I'm no, I love it. I love but it. But start with a genuine thank you. Be genuine about the thank you. Number two, let the person talk about themselves. Let's you know what? If you want to say, you know what, I detect a southern accent. Where are you today? <laughs> well, I'm in good old Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh my God, I went to college in Knoxville. That's okay. Like you don't have to talk for 30 minutes, but talk for three. Okay, well, thank you so much for filling out the form, the pre-work. It helps me get an understanding of where you are. It's also going to help me hear you articulate it. So tell me, why, 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 do, why are we on the phone today? What is it that I can help you with or you think I can help you with? Okay, great. Thank you so much for sharing. I understand what that feels like. That's the exact reason I created whatever the name of your product or service is, to take you from to. You're almost done with your sales conversation at that point. Almost. Can I ask you a quick question? Well, it might not be a quick question. Yeah. Why, yes, but, um, you know me so well. It might not, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so whenever I imagine talking to you and your work with Emily, Emily is selling a service, but I'm wondering what the difference between selling services versus selling products is like. And do you specialize in one over the other? Great question. So there, there is a difference. Let's, let's talk about obvious differences. Products are tangible. My new kids on the block mug is tangible. This might be, this might be a product, right? I would probably be the only person to buy it, but it's tangible. I can feel it. It, it, it it's emotional for me because I smile when I see it, but it's tangible. It was made somewhere in some manufacturing place. It, people aren't attached to this like they are services, so to speak. So products are tangible. They have tangible benefits. It keeps my coffee warm. Products are easier to talk about the benefits of when you're communicating with, with customers. However, I don't believe for the most part that there is that big of difference between selling products and services. And I'm going to tell you what I mean. Even if you're selling a product, I want good service. I want the naked on the block mug now is a bad example because I ordered it from a website because I love naked on the block. People buy off of emotion, not off of logic. But let's say I'm looking for the perfect coffee cup. Okay. That's a product, but I want service. I'm going to go to Amazon because I know Amazon's going to have it to here in Bentonville, Arkansas in the middle of nowhere the next day. They're the only person I guarantee you besides maybe Walmart that can have it here the next day. Uh, Amazon is Amazon selling products, but they're successful because of their level of service. Let's take Zappos, for example. Zappos sells products, but they are a, a giant in the industry because they have set themselves apart through levels of service. So yes, to answer your question, Kathleen, of course there's a difference. And the benefits are easier to state at first glance between a product and a service. However, the way that a product-based business can really set themselves apart is by becoming a service-based business. Now, yes, your product has to work. Of course, your product has to do what it says it's going to do. But then when you add in to the mix the service, you're unstoppable. Am I So to answer your question, do I specialize in one or the other? Typically, most people contact me for services. However, I spent over a decade selling products. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to help with, with, with either. I feel very qualified to help with either. What I will tell you is the way, like that, that statement that the manager made about if I could bottle what you had, 
it was because I treated the products like services. There were, there were five million, that's not right. I'm exaggerating numbers again. There were <laughs> five or six different type two diabetes drugs that my doctors could write. Why did they write mine in the patients that it was, that it was going to help? Cause some patients it wasn't because of our relationships because I treated it like a service, because I went in there and I didn't sell them anything for six months. I said, I'm in your house. I want to get to know you. I want to get to know your staff. I want to get to know how I can add value to this office. Whereas most reps come in and say, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, write my product. So even products become a service-based industry, I think. And if you look at it that way, I would say 80% of all businesses, product-based businesses, really could have a service component, service-based component if they applied it. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, I love that. That was really cool hearing that. As someone who started her creative entrepreneur life in a product business, and like even like if you watch Shark Tank, (laughs) huge Shark Tank fan, uh, one of the questions they always ask people before investing is how often like stores will reorder. And like as someone who did product base and like I sold jewelry, like I made jewelry for, for a couple of years before I started doing websites, it, it definitely is that service component that will keep people coming back. And it's those return customers that give you a business. Um, so I agree. I think, I think that, that treating products as services is super important. But I also want to point out like your process and you keep talking about like sales conversations and especially in the, in the context of a sales call, but all of this st- stuff works just as easily via email. Like if, I mean, if not more easily, <laughs> probably yeah, via email, like being able to write really great sales emails and, and again, taking the time to thank people for their time and thank you for sharing and, you know, let's get to know each other and then like addressing what it is that you can do and how it helps. Um, those emails are really important. And again, something that you can apply to either a service-based business or someone who's inquiring about your product because they're just not sure what what's going on, you know, based on descriptions or whatever. Um, so yes, I love that. I think that, uh, you know, it's funny because people will call me, friends and family will call me and they'll be like, that aren't selling anything. I need help with this email. I've got a really hard email to write and I need help with this email. And it cracks me up because all I do is go straight down and apply authentic selling to it. Like, okay, step number one, (laughs) step number two, step number three. But when you're talking about selling a product or service, the math is the same. I mean, it's what I call the authentic selling equation. And that is pain points. And pain points are the problem, right? If your customers don't have a problem that they need solved, you don't have a business. Lots of creative entrepreneurs say, well, my customers are perfect. And that's what I'm trying to get them to see. And like life coaches, and "Mm -mm." no, they may be perfect, but they're experiencing pain. Or they're not going to pay you to tell you, you don't have a problem. Thank you for your $20,000. I mean, that's insane. You know, I mean, I'm (laughs) so pain points plus your offer or your product, which is a feature pain points plus feature and features just simply your offer, your product, your service equals desired outcome and desired outcome is what that product or service is going to do, but not just what it's going to do. It's what it's going to change. So I'll give you an example. Let's say that I, I, I have an amazing weight loss product. Okay. And it's targeted towards moms who've just had a baby who want to lose 10 pounds or less. Okay. So the pain point is 
you're a mom, you're run down, you're tired, you're giving everybody else, all of you, and you're shoving food in your mouth right and left and you're feeling tired, whatever, whatever, whatever. You gained an extra 10 pounds or you haven't lost 10 pounds from being pregnant. Okay, great. Those are the pain points. The feature is amazing 10 pounds, baby weight loss, magic formula, whatever, right? All you do is take it in the morning and it tastes like whatever your favorite drink is. The benefit is not losing just 10 pounds. The benefit is losing 10 pounds so you can feel better than you've ever felt before, have more energy than you've ever had before, spend quality time with that precious newborn baby, fit in your clothes again, feel amazing. Yes, they're feeling states because again, people buy off of emotion, not logic. They rationalize it. They justify it with logic. So pain point plus feature equals, equals desired outcome every single time. And that's what selling is. When you can communicate those three things, you're selling. I think that's a good point too, is that, you know, maybe a lot of the creatives listening to this podcast might think of selling as this thing that's outside of themselves or something that they're not good at. And I think what I'm really getting from this conversation is that you're selling just by one, using your manners two explaining what you do um, and how that's going to help the customer. And then that's kind of, that's it. It, it is. And you know what, if you live in a, if you're, if you don't live alone in the woods somewhere completely by yourself, you're selling. So I'll give you an example. Um, Usually I try to pick my daughter up at 2.40 and I called my husband today and I said, I have this amazing podcast interview that I'm doing. And so could you please pick up Hallie Ann? And he said, I have a meeting. And I'm like, okay, well, we've got parent teacher, blah, 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 blah. I'm selling him. I'm selling him on leaving his meeting. I mean, you are. Honey, I need help with the laundry. Well, why would I want to do the laundry? I'm watching football. Okay, you're selling. You I mean, you sell people every day. You do. You sell people. But it becomes really personal when it's stuff we've created. It's our heart. It's our soul. It's not laundry, right? It's our heart and our soul and we get afraid. And that's okay. That shows that you care. But learning how to put that into a system, yes, that is manners. That is telling people why it matters, which is really hard for people. Not just what the product or service is going to do. So, for example, Emily doesn't just make websites, Lots of people make websites. Emily makes websites the right way. Emily makes websites that have clients wanting to pay, that make her clients money in their sleep. There's a difference. Anybody can make a website. You know what I mean? The problem is I need a website. The feature is I'm going to build you a website. The desired outcome is you get a website. No, <laughs> that's not it. It's the why it matters part. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, that your your why it matters. So every time every time Kendrick and I go through any of like my sales stuff, whether it's my sales slides or sales pages, she's like drilling into me constantly. Why does that matter? So why does that matter? And so like as you're reading these things, and I and I've started doing it with my own clients now too. Um, 
where they will like send me emails if they want to write someone or send me over content for a website and just want me to take a look at it. Um, and, and I'll find myself doing that too. I think that's like one of probably one of the biggest takeaways that I've like gotten from working from you is this idea that we write this content for websites. And I want to get into a, a website content in a second, but we write our content for our websites or our product descriptions or or our newsletters. And I think that a lot of times we get into creating this content without thinking about why it matters. So um, yeah, I guess the Indie Boom sales page is the one I most recently did. And we were going through and looking at like the features, like what it is that people get, like you get a website, Emily, why does that matter? <laughs> and you get optional e-course or e-commerce. Kendrick's like, why does that matter? Um, because it is that why does it matter piece that we tend to forget. We go through and we bullet point like all the pieces of the puzzle yeah. that you get. Like you get a logo and you get um, a color palette and you, like all those things. But why do those things matter? Like once people have those things, what is it that it's going to accomplish for them? And that's a missing piece of the puzzle that I've always, I never thought about until I started working with you. But now that like I have that drilled in my head, thank you very much, Kendrick. It's something that I can even take to my own clients. So this idea of like, as you are, as we're creating these websites or as you are, you know, building up a social media strategy, like, okay, you want to be on Facebook? Why does that matter? Like, what is it that you are going to be giving to people? Um, it's such an important part of the puzzle. And I'm glad that you preach that so hard. <laughs> it's kind of existential too, a little like, why does it matter? Oh my gosh. Why does anything? <laughs> See, that's okay. Yeah. That's what my clients do right there. Like, oh, especially people like Emily who've worked with me for a while. They're like, oh my God, I know what's coming. I know. I don't know why. But see, why it matters is, 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 is usually can, can be tangible or is a feeling state. But what's interesting about website copy, I think, is, and this actually is not just website copy, but it's emails, it's anything. One of the things you can do, and I love doing this with people, although it feels mean, but it's awesome because they see it. When they, like, let's say you write a blog or you write website copy and you've got your headline, right? Like the first thing. Nine times out of ten, I highlight that and say, would you open this email? If this was the subject line, would you open it? You got kids jumping on your back. You got your boss on the phone. You got your tablet on. You got scandal on. Whatever. Would you open this email that says how to have more joy in your life? No, I want to know what Olivia Pope's doing on scandal or what she's wearing. <laughs> so website copy too. Every line of copy has one job. It is not to get a close. It is not to get a sale. Every line of copy has one job, to get someone to read the next line. And with website copy, people rarely read it all. They just don't. Probably with emails too, if the truth be told. So it's got to be scannable. Like these big, huge chunks and paragraphs that people put in there, mm -mm. people aren't reading that. I don't, it can be the best copy in the world. People aren't reading it. So it has to be scannable. And you better believe when that copy, when they're scanning that copy, that's where you want the why it matters statements. That's where you, nobody goes to bed at night and says, and says, I want my bank brand to be congruent with my, the way I am in person or the way I am with my clients. Nobody says that. Nobody <laughs> says that. They say, I want to make more money. They say, I want more clients. They say, I want more time with my child, whatever it is that your people say they want. And so, yes. My brand, your brand, as a result of working with with Emily, maybe more. This is a bad example. I'm kind of 
stumbling because my brand is not very congruent right now, but that's another story. <laughs> but your, your brand needs to be congruent with how, you, with how you show up, with how you deliver your message, with, you know, it, it all needs to be on point. It all needs to be on target. If you go to KendrickShop.com and she looks like a life coach and she looks really soft and then you see her here and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> like they're, they're, This doesn't add up. Nobody says, I want my brand to be congruent or I want my, they say, I want more customers. I want more money. That's what you do. That's why it matters. Let's pause for a second and talk about our sponsor, FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing software designed to help creative entrepreneurs get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. So that's what I really want to talk about today is getting paid faster. FreshBooks accepts credit cards for online payment, including Visa, MasterCard, American Express, um, and what's great about this is that it makes it super easy for your clients to pay you online. You can also accept payments via PayPal or Stripe. So again, more options for getting paid. You can see when your clients view your invoice and um, you have an invoice history with the date and timestamps on all the actions. So there's no, like no one can claim that they never got the invoice because you can see that they saw it. Um, you can bill clients in any currency. So if you're a total baller and you're working with clients from all over the world, um, you can client, you can bill them in any currency. And then um, finally, along with sending invoices via email, you can also have snail mail sent to your clients. So you'll have your invoice printed and sent directly to your client by first class mail. That only takes one click. So there are just a ton of invoicing options so that you can get paid faster. Stay on top of your business with a clear picture of its financial health with FreshBooks. Try FreshBooks for free today. Go to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. So Kendrick, I'm curious, you said that I'm stumbling because I'm not congruent. And I think that this is a big theme that comes up a lot on being boss. And even in our Facebook group, <laughs> people say, I love you guys because you make it clear that uh, you're obviously experts, but that you're also figuring it out as you go. And Emily and I aren't, we're not shy to share that. And so um, I think it was fun hearing you say that you're kind of figuring it out too. And so... Yeah, thanks for sharing that. I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am figuring it out. And Emily can probably tell you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm figuring it out not well. I mean, we just kind of had like a, a sort of an, what I would call epic failure. Um, and it is. And we survived. Can you share more and about that? You don't have to. But yeah, I'd love oh to gosh, hear I'm what your epic to. failure was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't talked about this publicly. I've talked about it privately, but I haven't talked about it publicly yet. But um, so we had the original, well, I don't even know if it was the original, but we had the website that was up forever. And it was pink and loud. And I don't know, Emily, you could speak to it was everything I wanted. Like this is in no way is any of this a slam on designers. It's what I wanted. It's what I said to do because I didn't know. And I made a lot of money with that website, by the way, I made a lot of money. However, um, I decided in, I don't know, last quarter, uh, the end of last year, I want authentic selling to take more of a center stage. And I want the focus to be more on what authentic selling can do. And so we attempted to rebrand. The problem was, there were lots of problems. But one of the main problems was, I, I don't know how to rebrand. I know how to sell. So... 
we launched this new website and I'm sure it was every, I'm sure it was exactly what I told my designer. I have no doubt it was. However, I started getting this feedback from people that knew me well. I, I wouldn't hire you as my sales coach. You look like a life coach. Or um, when I go to KTV, which KTV has been my blog, and Emily, I have, I, we have to talk about this one off, but people are telling me now after three years of KTV, I don't take you seriously because you sing that goofy song. Like, I don't, I, I didn't know how smart you were. Like, Allie Brown said to me, I can't even watch KTV. But I got on the phone with you and I was like, this girl is whip smart. She knows her stuff. She said, but that stuff's pushing people away, Kendrick. I'm like, holy cow, my brand is a freaking nightmare. And I thought it was Okay, great. so were you, like, through that rebranding process, were you trying to emulate someone? Like, when you talk about, like, singing, I haven't seen it. I'm sorry, but, like, like I even think about, like, Marie oh, Forleo, how she's, like, kind of goofy. And then, you know, people are, like, trying to imitate Marie Forleo. Or even, um, I know a lot of people, like, there's a trend right now just dropping the F-bomb in newsletters and, like, lots of cussing. And then I'm like, you know, I'm going to try cussing. And then, but it's just <laughs> not really truly, I mean, I in my newsletters, it is not authentic to me to cuss in my newsletters. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I like to try on different people's style for my own style. Sure. And I think that's how we find ourselves is by trying on different hats and seeing what feels right and taking little bits and pieces. Um, but really it's like whenever you can get to really who you are that shines through, like that's where your true yeah. brand rises. So I'm curious, like maybe what your experience was there. Well, so the answer is I started KTV so long ago. I mean, it was just three years, but I don't remember. But probably, probably if the truth be known, I had watched a lot of, not that is true. I'd watched a lot of Marie TV. I had just wrapped up working with Marie one-on-one -on -one for a year. So probably. However, I will say that there was some thought process behind the goofy song. So the thought process was people are going to be like, what's this girl doing? She's singing. But she's singing this song, Terrific Tuesday Tip of the Week. And it shows up every Tuesday in my inbox at 7.30. I wanted people to know when to expect it. And then I wanted people to see, oh, get used to the song. It's kind of, kind of a little bit like Pavlov's dog. Right. And then know that a, a sales, great sales tip is coming afterwards. But what, and it worked. It attracted a lot of people. But it does not shine the spotlight on authentic selling. It does not, people don't necessarily, you know, if you're going to hire me to help you make a million dollars in your business, you probably don't want to see me singing. Here's the thing. So I was at a meeting with some of my best business friends and they all said, KTV is not you. And I was like, what do you mean? And so I called my husband and I'm like, am I goofy? And he's like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's like, you're about as lovable as a cactus. <laughs> nurturing and I but I'm tough and so I'm like well the KTV song and he's like I told you not to do that three years ago and he did, he did. but so like I'm sitting across from people that know me well and what they're all telling me is that is a performance that, that you enjoy doing and I didn't know it but you have a brand called authentic selling and it's not authentic to who you are so when customers get on the phone with you or get in sales school with you or get one-on-one -on -one with you, their minds are probably a little like, who the heck is this? Because they're expecting goofiness, and that is not what they get. 
And I said, okay, fair point. But I didn't know it. I needed somebody to tell me. So yeah, I'm figuring it out every <laughs> single day. And the website's been up since March 4th. It's still, it's still, I mean, it still doesn't do right. We're behind the scenes really quickly trying to throw it together. So it does. But I mean, you just go on. That's what business is. You try, you fail, you learn, and you try again. I mean, there is no stigma attached to failure Amen. for me. Anyway. Amen. I'm like, what can I learn from this? And how do I get out of this mess? Yeah, I love that. So just like that one point, like we've had so many people like emailing us saying, you know, talking about like wanting, and we actually recently did a podcast about like what, how do you rebrand if you have no money or, you know, what do you do? Um, and just, yeah, the that. point that like, even, even if you have money, like you don't have to have a perfect website or a spot-on perfect brand to get started. Um, because you did, you have rocked out sales school and your coaching, like all of that stuff, um, with a brand that you now know had nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? And so the, the truth here is it's because of engagement. Yeah. Because I've taught a lot of free calls, because people find, I did a lot of interviews. I, I, I asked some, some customers recently, why did you sign up to work with me? And, and the feedback bar none was, I never watched KTV. Um, I heard you speak. I saw an interview. I, whatever. And so, I mean, again, this like flashing lights in my face, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But yes, you can build a very successful, very profitable, beyond your wildest dreams business when your brand is not congruent. However, at some point, depending on what your goals are, your business grows up. You know, it's like a baby who's teething or, or a puppy who's jumping all over the place. It's time for, it was, it was time for us to grow up. It's time for authentic selling for us to step into the spotlight because it can make people a lot of money and that's amazing. And so I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about authentic selling. And when people come, sure, I'm the face of authentic selling. When people come, I want them to know I'm serious. I'm going to help you make money. Not, I'm gonna, not, not that we can't have fun. But first and foremost, it's a different conversation than Terrific Tuesday typically. <laughs> you know, I could go on and on about branding because that's my area of expertise and I love talking about it. But one of the things that we do, it actually sounded kind of similar to your sales process. And I love connecting those dots between, I mean, selling and branding. I didn't realize how hand in hand they really go, but um I guess whenever I think about like why does it matter for what I'm doing is that it does help people sell better and sell as their authentic selves. But like whenever you're talking about your process of listening to their exact words, it's funny because we send our one-on-one -on -one clients a little bit of homework and we have them fill something out on paper and then we talk it through with them, but we want to hear it in their words, even though we can see what they wrote because what they wrote might be jargon or real like sophisticated or real serious Whereas what they're saying out loud might be um, as sharp as a cactus or it might be Absolutely. goofy or yeah. it might be whatever. And so we're able to actually see what they're actually saying. And then we take those words, what they're actually saying, and put it into their brand um, so that they have a platform. Now, that doesn't mean we don't stop growing and it doesn't mean that we don't stop figuring it out as we go. But what we phrase it as is that we want it to feel like the next page in the chat or like the next chapter in the book. You know, does this make sense after this um, and setting people up so that they can make those leaps and jumps and just turn those pages so that everything feels like it's evolving in a not uh, like fragmented way. 
Yeah, I think that that's the thing too. Like, I, and I've learned again. I, I'm really comfortable with the areas in which I excel, and I'm really comfortable in the areas that I do not excel. And branding is an area I do not excel in. I don't. Um, I've learned a lot about it, and I and I mean, I'm, I, I I don't excel in it at, at all, and I never will. But I think it's really interesting. Um, one of one of the the things that people forget sometimes, I forget sometimes because I wanted to be so not corporate. I came from corporate America and I want to be so not corporate, but you're still asking people to give you their money, right? Their money, which again, people say they're short on two things, money and time. I don't want to give my money to an amateur. I want to give my money to an expert. Mm. So a brand helps you establish trust with a buyer. A consistent brand helps you establish trust with a buyer. It, it, it helps you be seen as the expert you are. Now, everybody doesn't have to look corporate and everybody doesn't have to look the same way and brands can have personality infused into them, absolutely. But I am learning so much about why branding matters beyond what I know. And can I just I jump in that, and that, say real quick, yeah. I think there's a big difference between corporate and expert. So like, I think that you can be an expert without looking or feeling corporate. I think that you can be professional without looking like a, like a corporate professional does. And so I think it is about redefining that as well. Um, Uh, yeah, that's a great point. And I totally, totally agree. I was like, so I've told this story many times, but I was worried whenever I locked up my hair that my family would starve and that my sister, who's my business partner, (laughs) I was worried that her children would starve. I was worried that I was ruining our business lives. And that's just like a really kind of almost shallow example. Worst case scenario, Kathleen. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, um, can you hear my baby? No. Oh, good. Okay. Sorry. He's upstairs like they just came home and he's upstairs screaming, crying. (laughs) Anyway, um, so that is just a shallow or not shallow, but it's um, it's a little example of how maybe I had this fear of not looking professional and not being able to sell because of the way that I I chose to look. But if anything, it kind of helped in some ways, I think it helped support my expertise, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you a real quick story. You want to hear a worst case scenario. This is not worst case scenario, but it was pretty freaking bad. <laughs> Please picture do. it. Please do. Picture it. Yeah. What are you going to say to that? No, we don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Picture it. It's my birthday. Um, I have like an idiot put all over social media, new website coming on my birthday, new website coming on my birthday. So excited to rebrand. I did not ask for anybody's opinion about the mock-ups or anything. Like, I was just like, yeah, they're great. Didn't ask. I am friends with some of the most brilliant business minds, branding minds on the planet. I didn't ask them. So (laughs) it launches, and I get a call from a customer. Actually, that's not true. I got a message over Skype from a customer that says, can you talk? And I was like, yeah. I was off on my birthday, but I'm like, sure, what's up? And so we get on Skype. It's my birthday. Got the day off. It snowed. My daughter's home from school. My mom is here from Tennessee visiting. We're going to eat pizza. We're going to have fun. And she's like, I just need to talk to you. And she's like, I have wrestled with this and wrestled with this. And I just have to say it. And I said, okay, what? And she said, your website does not, she didn't use these words, but your website goes backwards. 
and then once oh. it didn't turn the page, it sets your brand back. And she's like, here's, she said, I'm sorry, but here's why. And she was, again, this is nothing to do with the designer. The designer did exactly what I communicated. So the blame is on me. I am not about, the designer did exactly what we mapped out. But I'm just like, huh, all right, well, this is great because, you know, every, the thousands of people on my list are getting stuff, you know, about it. She's like, it, these are the things you need to fix immediately. And I'll go in and fix them for you for free because I love you. And I'm like, no, that's okay. And so, like, my big birthday celebration went to total meltdown. My baby's going to starve. My customers are going to leave. Emily's going to call because she makes websites and say, I thought you were better than this. I don't want to be associated oh, no. with you. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And then, that was early in the morning. She's overseas. So then calls started coming in from my business besties, and they went progressively down. Oh. <laughs> like, that was his... So the point here is, after I didn't follow my own rules, I melted down. But after I melted down, I said, this is an epic failure. I have learned that I know nothing about branding. This is an area where I need some help. And I need it fast. I need it by May 1st to be done. How do I get it? And I don't care what it costs because I don't want to go backwards. So the point here is, yeah, we're all going to have them. Epic freaking failures. And you may need to melt down and you may need to cry on the bathroom floor and you may need to say, my baby's going to fall. <laughs> but then you pick yourself up like every boss and you say, how do we move forward and what do we learn? And now it's a funny story. And when the new website launches and the new brand, it'll be a hilarious story. <laughs> oh, no, that's... Oh. Oh, I want to, like, give you a hug, Kendrick. <laughs> if you only knew. Uh, yeah, that whole week, I had four. I'm not even an emotional eater. I ate four entire large pizzas that week. In seven days, I got on a plane at the end of seven days to go to California to speak. And when I got off the plane, I mean, I was so puffy. I was afraid. I was walking into a weight loss, like a group of weight loss coaches. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so puffy. I've had four pizzas in the last seven days. Whole pizzas. Eight to 12 pizzas in one sitting. Yeah. I was a disaster. It happens. But look at you now. You're through it and you're getting a whole new brand and website. And it's all (laughs) going to be fantastic, right? Right? It is. And let me tell you what. I have asked every business expert I know that's not a customer. Right. Is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? What do you think about this? Like, I'm so paranoid Tap your tribe. That's like one of our, like, points to always tap your tribe. I love it. I love it. I love it. So no matter where you are, that's what business is. Your business grows up. You have failures, you melt, you pick yourself up. What do I learn? How do we move forward? That's what running a business is. Oh. And anybody that tells you difference, not right. They're, they're not being honest. Amen. So true. To that. Anybody that says they got it all figured out is lying. <laughs> so true. Well, thank you so much for your taking the time with us today, Kendrick. Yeah. And I understand your branding pain. Oh my gosh, I know you do. Like, seriously, you two, if I could have gotten you two together and we could have had it done by like May, I'd have been like, just take every penny I have, just make it right. Well, I think that we could have worked something out if we had known that, Emily, if we had known that we were getting a blank check. I'm just kidding. I know. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, but really, thank you so much for your time with us. It was so nice meeting you, Kendrick. I've heard so much about you You from Emily. And so, yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us and to be with our listeners. 
Um, so yeah, and thank you to our listeners for listening to Being Boss from Emily Thompson and Kathleen Shannon. Find the show notes for this episode at lovebeingboss.com where you can learn more about where to find Kendrick. And you can listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like our podcast, show us some love by reviewing Being Boss on iTunes and sharing it with a friend. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you all next week. Did y'all lose my video connection? Yeah, I think they yeah. all went out. it's okay. We're I think we're all reconnecting video. This is like hilarious. Oops. I've got a fly flying around. I've got like <laughs> Oh, a... I know. The first two episodes that we did with video, there was a fly. And it was one of those things where like I never saw a fly, but let me be re- getting recorded and it's like landing on my forehead. And so yeah, it's I've like got that too. do you swat it and let everyone see you have a fly? <laughs> or do you leave it alone and put no one ever notices?